Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. This might be controversial. I'm just going to say that first before I say this. The the white folks are a victim of (laughs) racial privilege, right? That's a weird way to say it. But then you don't, it's not like you wake up and say, like, I want my racial privilege today and then go and, you know, get it off the shelf or have it for breakfast. That's not how it works, right? Like, you are in this system. That's how it works. Whether you want it or don't want it, when you walk the streets, that's what it is, right? Because it's embedded in the way the system is organized. It's not about you making a choice, right? Um, And so in that way, people who are seen as white are going to be affected by the systems they inhabit, just like people who people who are seen as black are going to be affected by it. Now, that's not to say those things are equivalent, but it's to highlight that these are not personal choices. Right. The privilege is not something you choose. Privilege is something that's like this, a part of the, the society you live in and you either are included or excluded from that. Based on who you are, or how you perceive, 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 or how you perceive. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back once again, people. Man, episodes like today, I, I know I start so many of these the same way, but it's because I truly, truly mean it. When we get a chance to sit down and chat with someone who comes from life experience, but also that experience is paired with access and education. They make for some amazing wild black explorations, if you will. And today, I already know like how significant this one's going to be. I've got personal questions that I can't wait to get asked and answered because we all operate in this world as black folks. And Without a deal, we're talking about shit, to be honest. We're probably getting all kind of stuff today, but we're going to start talking about white privilege, right? And and I know personally, I have sat back many times that I've thought to myself, do they not see it? 
Do they, do they not believe it? Do they not recognize it? What is the issue? I, I felt like Doughboy, either they don't know, don't show, or don't care. Like, that's how I really felt with, with this topic. And, and our guest today is, is Dr. Brian Lowry, and he's coming from the Stanford Business School. And his background and his experience is so steeped in this conversation that you are about to be blessed with that information that I know we all, shit, I ain't gonna speak for you. I know I'm looking for it. Art, I can assume you looking for it. But I, I had a pre-call with this brother, and I know where it's about it. to go, right? This, this is about to be real. So I don't want to waste any time. Let me introduce our guest today. Dr. Brian Lowry is a professor of organizational behavior at Stanford Business School. He's a social psychologist, and he's the host of the PRX podcast, Know What You See. Like His work extends deep into the knowledge of individuals' experience of inequality and fairness. And he's bringing all that today to help us answer some questions that I know, again, at least I need to know the answers to. Brian, brother, welcome to Wild Black. How are you today? Man, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How y'all doing? How y'all doing, man? How y'all doing? <laughs> you hey. see how smooth that was? He was like, I'm good. Right? How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm uh I'm I'm cool. I mean, it's it's another it's another day being black in America. There's some good things to happen, some bad things to happen. I got some questions, I got some hopes, I got some observations. I'm here. I'm, I'm gonna be here. All right, man. I'm gonna Let's keep doing in. what I do. I hear you. I feel yeah, you. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. <laughs> Brother, I, I hit your bio at a very high level. Is there anything else you want to tell the folks? before we dive into this conversation. Nah, man, you, you got it. I don't, I don't have anything else to say, really. <laughs> no. He said he ain't gonna flex on, on he ain't gonna flex right now, but, you, you know. He came to the room so cool. Nah, brother, I'm good, baby. You know what I'm talking about? Let's just have this conversation, you dig? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the first thing we do is we jump into this wild black shit. All right, brother, I'm gonna sit back, turn it over to you. Okay, for sure, for sure. Let's do it, let's do it. So, so Brian... This has going to work. Three questions. First two questions are kind of get you warmed up, um, off the cuff. And then our third question is a signature question that we ask every single guest. Um, And since you have no clue what we're going to ask you, you ready to go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You can tell you right. stay cool. Yeah, he like man. I'm, I'm, I'm. He's out. I roll with the, I roll with the flow. So he, he, he ready to go. All right, all right. First question. Question number one. Wild black shit. You know, we in the Christmas. We getting into this Christmas season. The Christmas spirit. You know all that. Um, and I love Christmas. Christmas is probably one of my favorite holidays. Now, with it being. Christmas and the Christmas season and all that, or maybe a little bit after Christmas, depending on when we drop this episode. But it's, it's going it's to be question. a bit after Christmas for these. For the <laughs> a little bit. Eh, eh. We, hey, this, it we, might we be Valentine's ex- Day, but we still we're going to right. We're going to extend the spirit into into the next holiday. So so in that name, your all time favorite Christmas song by a black artist, Silent Night by The Temptations. Sing it for extra points. Nah, man, I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, did you? He came out smooth, and he was like, "No, nah, no, nah, man, man, I ain't doing that." Okay, All right, brother, what's yours, man? Since you love Christmas so much, man, what's yours? Um, I don't 
really, man, I, I, I don't really have a favorite Christmas song. Man, what kind of shit is that, know. man? You gonna hit me with this? Man, you coming with that? No right. favorite man. Christmas Come on. song. <laughs> Um, Come on, man. He came, he came all week with that. Christmas <laughs> is my see. favorite holiday. What the? Yeah, but I don't be just, you know, on the Christmas songs and nothing like that. I just like the gifts. Um, <laughs> let me see. Hey, the negrosity um, was so strong in that answer. I just like the mm, gifts, baby. I just want the gifts. That's it. That's it, baby. They, you know the music? Christmas. You you want some Snoop Dogg Chris Brown, Jingle Ball Otis Christmas probably is, is, is where I'm at. Otis you. Christmas will be... Yeah, yeah, I thought that's, you said that's... Otis Christmas, like Otis right? Like he just gonna mix all type of Otis Christmas. I got you. I got you. Look, we might need to we might need to remake it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about this Christmas? This, this Christmas. Christmas. This Christmas. You. Yeah, Donnie yeah, Hathaway. Like Donnie Hathaway. Chris Brown. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Man. But the 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 yeah. remixed yeah. version with Chris Brown. I like I like the 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 vibe he put on it. Second question. All right, now which of these unwritten black laws are most applicable to you <laughs> at birthdays or birthday parties when the cake come out don't cut my name out the cake but you That's you cut everywhere but don't but touch not the name don't my don't, name. don't even look at the name <laughs> right and you think you better cut, cut the edge cut happy <laughs> right <laughs> right b at grandmama's house don't be running in and out of my house Wasting my good air and smelling like the outside. <laughs> That's B or two. Third one. If we, if two people start running, I'm going to start running too. I think that's universal. I think that's like DNA type shit right there. Like, I don't even right. think we can, <laughs> we can go past that one. All right. The fourth one or D. Whenever you ask for something as a kid, Moms, pops, auntie, uncles, they reply gonna be, people want hell and ice water. Two. That's four. That's, <laughs> and the that fifth is, one. That's straight out of my house. I think everybody, everybody didn't heard that or some rendition of it. If you wanted some McDonald's, you had better have some McDonald's money. So you got them five. Which one stood out to you the most? Better keep them door closed, man. You can't let that air out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Run that AC, run that bill up. At my grandmother's house, it didn't matter what door it was, inside, outside. It didn't matter what you were doing. You were going to run her AC bill up or you're going to run her light bill up. Yeah, you better turn and them lights off, too. I was like, you got a door closed and lights off. Them lights off. Hey. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Any type that's, of utility that's how it was had for to me. be turned off. Water, lights, air, all that. That's okay. it. Okay, I'm with it. All right, third question, final question, signature question. Signature question. What do you love most about life while black? The music, man. Music. Music and dancing, that's what's up. I'm but wondering man. what all went through his head as he leaned back laughing, because it, it had uh-huh. to be some things going through there, bro. He came and back. And if he with said it. music, it had to be a track that popped into his mind. Right. He he went to a moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. That he wanted to sing, but he thought about it and was like, no, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> all right, cool. 
All right, so we, we go from wild black shit to our dope quote. Dope quote is just something from history, religion, philosophy, really doesn't matter, and it, it pertains to the episode. And I want to read this quote and get your thoughts on it very quickly. This is a short one. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As long as there is racial privilege, racism will never end. As long as there is racial privilege, racism will never end by Wayne Gerard Trotman. When you hear that, what comes to mind? If people want to end racism, but don't want to give up racial privilege. Mm. And that is in large part um, why things have remained the same for a long time. Yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that today and some of the questions that we've pulled together. But as we start, what I really like to do is help people understand what is it that you do at Stanford and how does that apply to the black world and to their world specifically? So if you wouldn't mind, let's jump in and just tell us a little bit more about what you do at Stanford, how it impacts the black folks in and around us, and how the greater black community becomes better through your work and research. Yeah, that's a good question, man. So what I, I do is um, a mix of research and teaching and um, and more recently thinking about how to bring more of that into the community, into the surrounding communities and communities at large. Right. So the teaching people have some idea of what that might look like. Um, on the research side, it is trying to make sense of why things are the way they are, right? So... Right. Things like, why does race affect how people vote? Why does it affect the way they, the kind of policies they support, right? What is it? And a lot of my stuff has been about um, how, do, how do white folks experience being white and how does that influence how they respond to issues around race? So I've done a lot of that kind of stuff, trying to make sense of that. And um, how it affects people's lives is, um, in some ways, it's more removed in the sense that People learn about these issues and then it, it can change the way um, things work. It can change the way people, managers behave. It can change 
And and then I, I feel like I'm a part of a community that does that. So I don't want to I don't want to put it as like my work does this. It's like that I there's a right, bunch of right, people who right. do the kind of work I do. It's a community of scholars, and it can start affect things like you know how organizations behave, the kind of policies they put out that might affect Black folks that work in those organizations. That's the, at that level is kind of stuff that I do as a part of a larger community of researchers and scholars. Um, and now, more recently, I've been working at uh, Stanford University trying to stand up a new institute that will work with organizations on problems on the ground. So it could be something like we have, we're just working on this right now. We're trying to get it going. Um, there should be some announcements coming out in the next, you know, next couple of days, next few, few weeks or so um, saying more about it. But the basic idea is race is affecting people's lives right now, all around the world, black folks in America, that's what we're focused on. But you can think about, global migration, just around the world races, affecting how people live. And there are people trying to do something about it, right? It can be everything from, um, you know, maternal mortality. So black women dying more in childbirth. Like, what is that about? How do we address that? People working on that. To things like educate gaps in educational outcomes for black kids. How do we think about that? And so what this new institute is designed to do is to take people like me, other scholars in the community, and then form collaborative relationships with organizations that are trying to address these issues and bring together like the on the ground kind of work being done with the research and the perspective of the academy and try to produce better solutions to these problems. And then once you have some solutions, trying to put them out there in the world to try to address these things in people's lives in a more direct way. So those are the things that I'm really working on at at Stanford. So, Brian, I want to I want to keep it broad for a moment, and then we'll begin to, to kind of hone in and get closer to the idea of of white privilege and or racial privilege. So, when you think about your world, your experience, your education, your your research, and, and how all those exists with you daily, what do you think is the biggest gap or the biggest, most important imperative need? understanding in the black community. What is it that you do that we need to understand better about ourselves? The what's affecting the black community is structural. What do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. What I mean is it's not about an individual person's behavior. So if you have, you know, a cousin out there, you know, not doing right struggling and you're like, if they only got their, you know, stuff together, they'd be better off. Like that might be true, but that does not account for what's happening in the black community. Right. So it's hard sometimes to make a distinction between what is happening for a person and what is happening to a community. And I think even in the black community, sometimes we are, we can be focused on trying to overcome as an individual barriers that are not really barriers for individuals, but systemic barriers that we all face. And that if we don't address them at that level, it's going to be tough for the community to be better off. You might be better off and that's great for you, but that is not the same thing as the community improving. And so I think really trying to understand what it means that the barriers that the community faces are structural and you cannot explain outcomes of the community by individual choices of particular people. That makes sense. That makes sense. I want to ask really the same question, but as opposed to looking internal to the community this time, 
based on your education experience and all the things that I said before, what's the biggest area that Black folks need to understand and know about non-Black folks? Um, everybody, white folks, Black folks, Asian folks, want to feel good about themselves. Everybody. Right. And when you are challenged with the possibility that what you have is not what you deserve, it will make you feel bad about yourself. That's just what it is, right? If somebody tells you, man, you shouldn't have all that. You only got that because blah, 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 right? That doesn't feel good. And so even though we, it's, we talk like white folks or other folks that aren't Black, but, but, you know, basically white folks, like they don't think about race. It doesn't affect them. Uh, my research and a lot of research, that's just not true. And in fact, sometimes when they talk about racism, when they understand it in terms of their own lives, it's a challenge to them feeling good about themselves. Meaning what they can hear is like, you only had that because you're white. And if you weren't white, you wouldn't be in that situation. And people will push back against that. That makes sense. Yeah. And so what, what I would say is, um, and I think every, you kind of, people, I think black folks kind of get this, but I don't know if they, one, I don't know if anybody needs to think about it or if they do think about it, but White folks can be sensitive about being white. <laughs> I'm saying like, it's, uh, and I think that there's, my point here is not that there's anything to be done about it or you should, you should strive to make people more comfortable with it, but you should understand it, right? There's value in understanding because yeah. you can decide how you want to engage with it. But if you don't understand that, then you're missing something important about white folks' experience around race. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting comment that, that white people are, are, they're also sensitive about, about race. Like, any example of, like, like, what do you think, like, that sensitivity is, or maybe what the research has shown that sensitivity, a white person having a sensitivity about being white? Because, you, I mean, I normally, we wouldn't normally hear that or even be able to accept the fact that, you know, someone white has a sensitivity about race because they generally have, so much authority and so much power as a as an entity. Yeah, man. So if you, um, for example, t- tell wh- white folks, and I've done studies that that, sh- that show this, if you tell white folks, hey, you know, um, being white has privileges associated with it. Like if you're a white person, you can you can get some things that if you were in the same situation and you weren't white, you wouldn't get. Right? You can just tell people that. And then what they'll do, <laughs> what they'll do is start talking about how hard their life is. <laughs> right? They start telling you stuff that's yeah. real, though. I just want to be clear. It's real. Like, they'll start yeah. telling you, like, you know, well, when I was coming up, my mom died when I was a kid. They start telling you, like, all the stuff that is true, is true and it's hard. But they start telling you that stuff because you just threatened their belief in how the world works for them. Right? It's yeah. like they want to feel like everything. And it's not just white folks. Everybody wants to feel this way. Like, you want to feel like if you, if you, if you come up on a million dollars, you want to be like, yeah, that's because I'm dope. You don't want to be like, oh, that's just because I, I ain't did nothing. I don't deserve it. It just, it just happened to me. You want to feel like, nah, man, I worked hard. I'm smart. I, you, know, I, you know, I was grinding. Like, people need, people want that. Like, it's, what's crazy is often it's not enough to have good stuff. You got to feel like that good stuff means something good about you. And so if you tell folks that the stuff they have doesn't mean anything good about them, they get sensitive. And 
for white folks, that's an it's an issue, right? Because issues of racism suggested it's possible some of the stuff they got they wouldn't have if they weren't white. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to D.C. and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. True. <laughs> so, I mean, it's surprising, man. I think it is when you tell people it's surprising because it's as if, like, only people of color or black folks got race. It's like white folks just on the outside looking in or something. That's, that's just not true. The question I have is how do you how do you address that? How do you how do you couch that inside when the argument that comes back is is often centered around individualism, right? It's my experience as a white person or my experience as a black person was hard because of X, Y, and Z. When we, we know there are elements of that that are true. Everyone has hardships. Every single person out here, no matter who you are, you all have hardships that you have to overcome. It's, it's, all, it's often about the resources that you have at your fingertips and how you got them or did not get them. It's often about the societal, the structural, the systematic impacts that hold a group of people back as opposed to an individual. So when you're talking to that white person and their argument turns into, well, me personally, I went through X, Y, and Z, and I still overcame. How do you then embed the idea of the structural aspects or the systematic aspects to that conversation? Yeah, the first thing I say is like what you just said, man. I think um, it's insightful. Like, look, that's true. Like, everybody got struggles to come overcome. I don't, so if, you, if you're white and you're like, look, it was hard for me. I'm like, sure, I hear you. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that you ain't have struggles. Like, that's, right. that's real. And if it was a, if you were in the same situation, imagine you were in the same exact situation, same struggles, and you happen to be black. What would that have looked like? So it's one of the things I try to do is I say, look, yeah, man, if you if you're white and you came up, good for you. Like I'm sure you you did the work. That's cool. Um, same thing with a black black folk, same. But I would say there's still something beyond you, right? You exist in the system. Right. And that system is, is not eliminated because they are you have these individual experiences. 
those are your experiences. You know what I mean? That's your work. And you should feel, if you, if you overcame some struggles, you should feel proud of that. I'm not trying to take that from anybody. But I'm also saying that does not invalidate the reality that there was also structural things at play. Both things can be true, right? It can be yeah. true that yes. you benefit from structural racism and that you put in the work. And somebody else just like you, another like some like let's say you're a white dude and you put in the work and you, you made your million bucks, like and some other dude, a white dude just like you, he ain't put in the work. Like, yeah, man, you did it. Like he didn't do it. It's not like somebody gave it to you. And it's still the case that you exist in a racist system. And that yeah. still probably has some effect, right? So it's not yeah. like one or the other, right? And that's what I think the, the some of the problem comes in. You say, like, look, the system is messed up, and people take it as you saying. You haven't earned anything. Everything yeah. you have is because you're white. Your life is just is like smooth sailing. Everything is good all the time because you're white. And that's not that's yeah. not that's not what everybody's saying. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you? I mean, I, I, yeah, I I can feel that. Like it, it. There's a level of of just individual humanity that's to the to the struggle of hey, I overcame something, so I deserve this, and that means that's a part of who I am. So. I had a level of hustle to myself in order for me to accomplish these things for myself, I, which I, I feel you. And, and I think any person can 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 gravitate toward that and, and kind of also have that same level of, of a connection to it because, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think everybody wants that. Now, for an individual of, of, let's say, a white person, right, do, do is it, when it, from your research, is it more of a disconnection of the structural components that may have elevated them to be able to accomplish that in comparison to someone else? Or do you think it's more of, hey, I don't even think about it that way. I just think about like the 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 playing field is is level, right? Like in my mind, it's it's level and everybody has the same opportunities that I do. Yeah, man, I think it's probably some mix. I think mostly it's, and this is not what I do. My research is only particularly, but people talk about this. It's, it's think of it this way. Imagine you came up white, right? So you went to this, you grew up in some, it don't matter, in suburbs, a small city, a big city, don't matter. You came up and you go to school and the reality the way our country works, mostly white kids, right? That's how it is. So you're out there and you, you like, it's a bunch of people like you around you, like kind of same situation. Parents got about the same amount of stuff. Everybody's going doing what they're doing, right? And then you go through high school, you go to college, you get a good job, whatever it is. And your friends, you go back, you go back home, your friend's not doing anything. Like, what you going to say? Like, you're going to be like, man, yeah, I came up. I put in the work. I don't know why they didn't do it. And in your mind, your experience is like you did it all. Because what you see around you, what you compare to are people like you. You see what I'm saying? And so what you're not saying is like those other people who I don't see and communities I don't engage with and spaces I don't understand, you're not comparing to those people. It's just not relevant to you. You see what I'm saying? And so what you, what you look at and what you see in your life is what you contributed to your life. You, it's, hard, it's hard for people to see how the system contributed to what their outcomes are. It's just hard to see, I think. It's not impossible. I think people can understand it, but it's not like day to day you have like it's me and it's some, you know, white kid or black kid or Asian kid just like me. And I can see how the structures are affecting us differently. Most people don't have that. Right. And so it takes effort to understand. And people, why would they put that effort in? Why would they do it? Who 
needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like if you, if you, why would you, let's imagine you came up. You're going you're gonna to spend time thinking about how other things produce your success. You're going to spend effort trying to figure that out. Like why would you do that? So I don't, I mean, it's just, I think some of it is just the, the segregation, the way the systems are set up and people's motivation to see themselves in certain ways, right? Like people want to feel like they are in control of their life outcomes. Here's another side of it, man. Here's something I think black folks do all the time. And I'm not you brothers. I know y'all have this, man. Every new year we come, it'll be coming up. It's going to be, you go to a bar, be some brother talking about, man, I'm going to get my hair right this year. I'm going to get my hustle on. I'm gonna... <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know baby, what it is. 2023 you know is my is, year. I'm, my I'm, year, I'm about to do baby, it. I'm about to blow do it. Up. I'm about to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? I got this thing. I'm. A, you know, it's like everybody has that. It's like, if you're struggling, man, ain't no getting your hair right. Like if you in a system that's, that's got you, like you can get your hair right, it'll help a little bit, but man, it's hard that those individual explanations can't overcome structural deficits, right? Can't overcome structural obstacles. It's, it's, I mean, I don't want to say it can't, but it's really hard. But the thing, the point I'm making is every individual wants to and probably needs to feel like they are in control of their own destiny. You know what I'm saying? And so would you, that's true of black folks. That's true of white folks and everybody else, right? And so when your outcomes are different, the way that plays out is just different. You see what I'm saying? If you're black, yeah. it's easier to see. Sometimes it's easier to see how structural things can affect you. But even then, you still want to feel like I can overcome it. I can get, I can, I can make it in a way, even though all these things are against me. When you're black or you're a person of color and you feel like it's the structures against you, the motivation to understand that um, aligns with your desire to feel good about yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, because if you're struggling, you're trying to make it happen and you can't make it happen. It's like, it's, it's useful to see like, man, people trying to hold me back, right? It's useful to see that. If you're white, not so useful to see it. So that it's like people pushing you, system is pushing you forward. Like, it's not useful to see that. Like, so why would you, again, make the effort to see it? Like, in, in some ways, it's the same psychology for everybody. It's just that people are in different situations. So the way it looks is different. You see what I'm saying? Like everybody yeah. wants to feel good about yeah. themselves. The way that's playing out varies because people are in different situations. I also wonder, and I'm not going to say this the best, but I also wonder, is it because it is extremely hard for us to see a group of people that we don't identify with as individuals, right? We, when we think about, when, when us three think about Black America, we're forced to consider ourselves. When I consider myself, I look at myself as an individual. My history is my history. My struggle is my struggle, and I've overcome that with my resources, right? But when I think about others that I don't identify with, I don't have a lens to see the individuality of them because I don't relate to them in the same way. So now I move from talking about black folks using myself as the representation of an individual, and I look at a group of Asian people or, or white people or Hispanic people, and potentially because I can't identify, I look at them as a group. And now I begin to measure them by group performance as opposed to the individuals that they are. That was a very long-winded way to ask that question, but does it make sense that our inability to see others as individuals may impact how we perceive racial privilege. Yeah, indeed, man. I think 
that's a, a that's an astute observation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, man, when you're like not a part of a group, it's easy to see it as a group, right? And and not see them as individuals. And that changes how you understand them. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you see yourself as an individual, yeah, I mean, everything I was saying before about how you want to feel about yourself, that happens at the individual level. Like it's hard, you don't, yeah, exactly. that's not at a, at a group level, right? Even though just like those other people are being influenced by how the world engages with them as a group, you are being influenced by that too, but it's hard, it's easy to see yourself somehow outside of that as an individual, right? Because that's what your experience yeah. is as an individual. But I do yeah. think there's a difference yeah. between how we see ourselves and ourselves in our group to some extent and how we see others as members of groups, yeah. So let, let's, let's take a, a more academic approach for a moment. I, I, I want to kind of dive back a bit. Let's define, right? I think we all operate under our own assumptions as to what racial privilege or specifically white privilege is. From your perspective, being in this place, an educator, a researcher, a lecturer, an instructor, a teacher, what is white privilege? What does it actually mean? Yeah, I'm going to give a, a very simple definition. I would say it's... That's the, probably it's the best the, part of the best for us. It's the advantages that come along with being white and a system that is marked by white supremacy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Marked. Marked. I like that. Define, define marked. <laughs> um, I, I want to be careful because the system is broad, right? So I was going to say, right. one way I would say it is like that... Um, our system is organized in that way, right? That what it means to be white. I don't mean, I don't, and it's, just, it's it was hard about when you use the word race, this goes back to Darius, the point you were making. What's hard is that we can confuse white people with the idea of whiteness 
Mm. What I mean by that is whiteness is not white people, right? You can be a white person and, and because you're a white person, whiteness is attached to you. But when I'm talking about whiteness, I'm not necessarily talking about white people. I'm talking about the idea, the idea of whiteness. The idea of white is somehow particularly valuable. The idea of white as something that should be given deference, right? The power the way the, the world is, the way the world, our society is organized around whiteness, which is not the same as talking about any particular white person, right? So I just want to make that clear. I think that whiteness is uh, is a concept that is used to structure resources and power in this country. This country is organized around that concept, and and the reason. Let me let me go a little bit deeper. Whiteness shifts. What, how whiteness attaches to people changes. So some people who were not a part of whiteness at some points in this country have become a part of whiteness. And it could happen again, right? Here, here's an example. The Irish weren't always thought of as white, right? They weren't thought of as black, but they weren't always thought of as white the way we just now. They're like, they're just white. Like Irish is secondary, right? Like I think most people, not everyone sees it that way. I want to be clear, but and you yeah. can argue that like that ethnic whiteness has become absorbed by some general sense of whiteness. And I'll just, and the point I'm making is that historically has not always been true. Right. You could imagine a world in which now ethnic groups we think of as not white become white, right? Because whiteness is not about what you look like. It's a concept. It's like how power is structured in, in this country. And so um, when I say marked, that that's 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 a deeper version of what I mean. That makes a lot of damn sense. So I'm I'm thinking about about where I want to take it, and like after hearing that and and understanding that we just defined white privilege, what what I'm seeing and what I'm kind of thinking about is the fact that. How often are we misconstruing things, right? And, and I'll add a bit of clarity, right? There are boundaries and barriers around definitions of things, right? So there is a definition for racial privilege and white privilege that you just gave us. And because of that definition, there are places that that word doesn't go, right? And where we are as a society now, we see so, so much name calling, so many labels of racist, bigot, all these things like this. So when you consider that that entire ecosystem, whatever we want to call that, where does racial privilege end and racism, bigotry, bias come in? Is there a gray area? Is there clear separation? Like, So what is the difference of operating inside of your white privilege and simply being racist or biased and why you happen to be white? Yeah. Um when I think of racism and bias, I think of the individual attitudes of people, right? So, like, I, I, I view myself or white people as superior to other people, right? I mean, that's, right. you know, prejudice, racism. We can, I mean, I want to be careful because as an academic, the, 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 <laughs> the amount of conversation around the definition of these terms is immense, right? So I just want to be clear that I'm, I'm always given, when in this conversation, I'm always given a shorthand, right? I'm not given the deep academic background because that would be, it's, not, it's just not, it, there's a lot. If you're interested in that, I can give you, I can make suggestions of stuff to read, but I'm going to, I'm just shorthanding it. 
And I'd actually love those suggestions, by the way. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some things that you, if you are interested. But um, so I'd like to I'd like to distinguish between the psychology of individuals and the structures that we exist in. Right? They're not the individuals that are creating them, but they're larger than an individual psychology. Right? So we could imagine, not imagine, we have created institutions that have embedded in them outcomes that mm-hmm. favor some folks and, and hurt others, right? That's embedded in the way the institutions were produced. It, it does not really matter if a person in that institution is prejudiced or racist. It's just not, it's not the relevant thing, right? And there's a lot of people who talk about this, the idea of racism without racists, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there you could have, you could eliminate all prejudiced thoughts, or all racial prejudice tomorrow, and it wouldn't be the case, it, it almost certainly would not be the case that all racial differences would go away, right? That racial disparities and outcomes would not magically disappear, even if all racial prejudice went away. And so we have to right. distinguish between the psychology of people and the operation of systems, right? And when I think about racial privilege, what I'm talking about is the operation of systems. And so in some ways, this is this is this might be controversial. I, I, I'm just gonna say that first before I say this. The white folks are a victim of <laughs> racial privilege, right? That's a, a weird way to say it. But then you don't. It's not like you wake up and say like I want my racial privilege today, and then go and you know get it off the shelf or have it for breakfast. That's not how it works, right? Like you are in this system. That's how it works. Whether you want it or don't want it, when you walk the streets, that's what it is, right? Because right. it's embedded in the way the system is organized. It's not about you making a choice, right? Um, and so in that way, people who are seen as white are going to be affected by the systems they inhabit, just like people who are, people who are seen as black are going to be affected by it. Now, that's not to say those things are equivalent, but it's to highlight that these are not personal choices, right? The yeah. Privilege is not something you choose. Privilege is something that's like, there's a part of the, the society you live in and you either are included or excluded from that based on who you are or how you're perceived. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's interesting, too. I, I think, like, the segmentation of, of the structure from the individuals that are operating within the structure. Um, so, so what do you think about the, the design or the individuals who design the structures that white people get the privilege of operating within and the ability to be, you know... Um, to it not be, or to, to feel like it's not their individual, I won't say problem, but their individual privilege that they have to operate within this structure that was created by someone else on their behalf or for their benefit. Yeah, I think people can be, um, you can have a motivated blindness for sure. Right. And now as an individual, are you responsible for that? Like, that's a different question. Right. Like, here's what I would say. Like, I don't, me personally, you know, it's like given, I'm just going to say, I've been writing about white folks for over a decade. It wasn't, when I started doing it, it wasn't cool. Wasn't a whole bunch of conversations about white privilege. You know what I'm saying? So, and as you might imagine, when you start talking about it, people get uncomfortable. And And what I've always said is like, look, I don't, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad about white folks, right? Any individual white folks. 
I'm just trying to explain how the, how the system appears to me and what the evidence suggests yeah. about how it works. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Like, there's no reason that you can't, in my mind, you can't be white and cool and be like, you know what? I see it too. You know what I'm saying? And, right. I don't, and, and be like, look, I don't, I think it's, I think that the way the system operates is wrong. Right. And I don't, I, I, as a member of the society, that person, that white person has as much responsibility as I do to engage with that if they think it's wrong. That's how, that's how I, I, I'm just going to, just want to be clear about this, yeah. that I, my, I don't, I don't, I don't think people have responsibility for the systems that they exist in, like that they didn't create. Like, I just want to be clear about that. I think you have a responsibility if you believe you live in an immoral system to engage in things to try to change that. And, and that seems like a, I think that might be, that seems like a subtle distinction, but to me, it's important. Like, my point is not, you are not, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing bad about you just because you're white. Like, that, that's just not, and even if I say you have white privilege, that's not meant to be saying, that's not, I'm just expressing my understanding of how the system works. I'm not making a claim about you as an individual. I'm just saying, this is how it works. Understand that you're in the system. Here's how it works for me. I'm in a system. Neither one of those things that we have chosen about our lives. It's just how it is, right? Now, once you understand that, you get to make a decision about what you think about it. Like, how do you feel about that? How do you think about that? And then once you make that decision, then now the decisions you make about how to engage with it, those are your responsibilities, right? That's where your responsibility starts. When you understand the system and how it works and you see that there are choices you can make about how to engage with that system, that's where your responsibility starts. Your responsibility doesn't okay. start with just because of who you are. Um, and so I guess that's a long way of saying, I do think people, once they understand the situation, have responsibility for how they decide to engage with it, right? And so if they are participating in the maintenance of a system that is immoral from their own vantage point, 
That seems like a problem. I feel completely comfortable holding that person responsible for that behavior. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. It feels like what we're, what we're kind of discussing without saying it is like almost the intention behind how you use or manipulate the system of, of white privilege, right? What, what I was hearing was that there are people who experience white privilege and they may experience it from a point of ignorance. They may actually not realize that they're benefiting or how they're benefiting. But there are also the kind or the people who stand up and say, you know what, I didn't build this system. I'm a victim of this system. I just happen to be on this particular side of the system. And because of that, I'm going to utilize the system because it supports me. And then I think an, an even further step is you have a group of people who look at that system and then they, they intentionally manage situations and manipulate people, places, and things in order to create more benefit for themselves and people like them. When you look at those three different type of individuals, and I'm, I'm, there's probably an unlimited number, how do we balance that, right? How do we, how do we look at someone who didn't create the system but benefits the system? How do we look at someone who didn't create the system but manipulates the system? And how do we look at someone who didn't create the system and falls on the short side and, and tell them all to fix it, right? Do we really expect them to participate in it? Right? I ask myself that. I know this is a long question. I don't know if this is even a question anymore. But I've asked myself this question <laughs> so many times, right? If I were in control and had power in a system that benefited me and the people Bingo. that I cared about the absolute most, how yeah. much would I do to rectify and create a quality inside of that system? Man, this is that, that. That's the crux of it. Like, what would you say? It's, yeah. I mean, this is why I know it's, I, know, I realize a lot of people not like this, but it's like, man, that's a hard, that's a tough situation to be in. Like, it is. I, it's hard for me to say, like, you know what? I'm going to do this even though the people I love and care about don't get less. I'm going to take, I'm going to, basically, I'm going to take something out of the pocket of the people who I love most. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a lot to ask of somebody. I mean, I just it want to be is. clear about that, right? And, you know, and even family. If, and in a way, if you understand it, that you understand that I'm getting something from this and you think it's not right, imagine the situation you'd be in, man. Like, yeah. and, that, and that's, you know, and I feel like that is why I am honestly sympathetic to that, to that situation for white folks. Like, I don't know how, I don't know. If I was feeling like I was benefiting from the way things were, would I really be working? Would I be working really, really hard to understand all the ways I'm benefiting and then trying to dismantle that? That's a lot, man. So I, it's not it again. It doesn't absolve anybody responsibility, but I think it it puts it in a certain light. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. and it helps you again. It helps you understand. Right, like you might still be like it's wrong, but it's a different kind of thing than if you think what's happening out there is really like all these white folks are just racist and they're just trying to get folks. Like, I mean, yeah. not, of course, there is some of that too, for sure. But a lot of it's it is like, 
a lot of it is people just trying to live their lives, man. And people trying to yeah. do the best for the people that they love and care about. And there's, there's not a lot of time and thought into how they might be benefiting in, a, in an immoral way, right? People are just trying to make it. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's the, like you said, that's the crux of it. People are just trying to make it. I went through an experience recently and it made me feel really good and really bad about who I am as a person every day. And, and here, here's the premise. I live in a great part of the city in, in a great neighborhood with great school districts. I, I purposely bought there. Now, there's a whole conversation around what truly makes a school district, dis, district great now that I understand differently. But all things being equal, I moved into this particular area. And maybe three months ago, the conversation of school redistricting came up, rezoning the neighborhoods, right? And my entire neighborhood was in an uproar because the direction said we were going to be moved into a different school district that had lower test scores. And of course, that came with a significantly different demographic mix. Now, when I was faced with that, I had to choose, do I stand up and fight alongside of them because my property value or my home could go down because my children are in these public schools as well? Or do I side with the people that I claim to fight for every day who need more tax dollars into their schools, who need more opportunities? And where I found myself sitting was right in the middle. I could not fight with my neighborhood because I genuinely don't support the idea of we're going to keep all this good over here for us, right? But at the same time, it was so difficult for me to go stand with the other side, so to speak, because I knew that was going to impact my property value, impact the education of, of my children. And it, it, it led me to like where we are now. I felt good about at least standing in the middle, but I couldn't pick a side. Like it was too, it was too personal and too hard to pick a side. And I became one of the people who just didn't say anything. And that was a shame, really? a shameful moment to me. Yeah, it, it was tough because I couldn't go out and say, I don't want this school district change to happen. But I also struggled to say I want it to happen because there were impacts that I didn't like on both sides. And it, it, it froze me. Like I was literally frozen in my act. I couldn't chant, let's do it. And I couldn't chant, let's not do it. It was a, it was a real struggle for me. But you, but so that, that is very interesting, man. That, that's, that's like structurally, you know, you know exactly what that is. Like that, that is a, a, a very well played attempt to level the playing field, right? Or to, to get more resources in the appropriate space to, to really elevate. And, and I mean, that, that does kind of, in order, it, it, it can't both go up at the same time. So it's, it's yeah. interesting that the, that, that was a dilemma because, and I get it, because, you know, for you personally, it would, yeah. it, it, it's going to have a, a potential negative aspect, a connotation financially. And, and also, see, that's, that's as it relates to me, school, the schools. The, the financial part, that was the easy part. Yeah. I've got equity built on my house. If I lose some of my equity, so that's these cool. other brothers and sisters get more access, I'm cool with that. Great investment. But what hurt me was when I thought about, oh, shit, so, but, but how does this impact my legacy, my children? That was the part that became more difficult for me. 
And that was the part that kept me from running to the other side and picking up the picket signs and saying, let's rezone today, right? Because before that, I was ready. Like, I, I told the wife, like, I don't, I don't give two dams about the equity in this house, right? Like, yeah. I make enough money. I can, I, can, I can offset that. I can make some investments. Fuck this equity. Like, let's go make sure these kids have the books that they need, the school trips that they need. Make sure they got yeah. great-ass teachers. Make sure they got exposure. Make sure they got opportunity to make sure they feel safe. I wanted them to get all the things that I wanted my kids to get. And then I said, holy shit. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to D.C. and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Will my kids lose everything that I'm fighting for? But and you're a super active parent, right? Like you're a super <laughs> active parent. Like I, I, you know, I, I can't see anything shifting dramatically. Let me ask you a different question. Here's the here's the one it's, that's like that thing. It's got real, didn't it? Yeah, it got real. Yeah. Man. I feel you. I feel you on that though, man. So let's imagine this for you, Art. Right, let's imagine. You know, you got kids. I don't know if you got kids. I don't have kids, but maybe I, know. I do. I got two. Okay, you got, I got kids. Two your girls. kids coming up. Your kids coming up. They they need a job. Yeah. Right. You 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 yep. you know you're doing that. You're doing your things out there in the community. You know, folks. You gonna call up your friends and try to get your kids a job? No. Nah. If your friend's saying like, hey, man, you know somebody needs this job and you, you know your, your, your daughter, your son wants that job, you know it'll be great for them. You're not going to be like, hey, what about my kid? But you, you wanna, I know somebody looking for a job. You want to talk to them? You wanna, you're not going to do that? In the scenario, like if, if, it's, <laughs> if it's something that they want to do, I'm not going to be the one making the phone call, right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to establish it that way. But if it is a position that I know they will be amazing at, then I would say, hey, you need to... You need to do what you need to do in order for, to to see if this opportunity is right for you. You might not. But I'm push, not. I'm not going to facilitate it. I will. I will influence my child to to do what I think <laughs> is in the best interest for him. But I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna create the bridge and connect it though. I okay. I, I think that's. I gotta. They gotta grow up. In my in my opinion, they gotta have a. a, a they have to have the ability to make proper decisions without it being orchestrated for them. Right. So here's what I think. I'll, orchestration of that is is. <laughs> It's something about orchestration, but in some instances, I think it's needed. But in some, I think you got to understand kind of what what 
the position that your kids are in. So if they're in, in amazing spots and they're in amazing schools, that's going to be one opportunity, but they should have 10 more. Okay, cool. I got one more question for you then. Let's say now you, you, you did your thing. You, I don't know, you're 75, 80, 85. You're getting up there. You got some money. You giving it to your kids Uh-oh. when you die? No. No. Absolutely not. Nothing. No. Okay, Mm-mm. man. Right. Now, society, I think, I mean, in my opinion, I'm I, I have a stronger desire for society to become better. So a lot of my resources are going to be funneled into areas where I know it's going to make a significant impact for us. And if if I've done my job properly and me and my wife have done our jobs properly, then they will not to have do. to correct. They yeah. They know that, hey, this is, you have to earn, you know, you have to earn in order to be able to, to be a productive citizen. You can't just be out here living off daddy, granddaddy money. That That is not an effective use of, of resource, in my opinion, right? Gotcha. Like I that's, feel you. I feel that's you. just me. Here's what I would say. Now, Mo- will it be a safety net for them? Absolutely. Oh, why, will why are you going to be a safety net, man? Why, wait, 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 wait. Back up. They're your kids, though. They're your kids. I'm back 80 up. years old, back right? Up, man. Back up. Back up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> It would, be, it, would be, it would be insane not to have a safety net for your kids. Why? Why? You mean? If you could create it. Well, oh, you see, now, now we're getting down. Okay, now we're getting down to it. What's, tell me what a safety net is, man. What you mean by a safety net? I think, I mean, structurally in a trust, you, you have stipulations around age and what they required and what resources that can be allocated to them. And if they have been a horrible, you know, a horrible <laughs> contributor to society, then they should get nothing. But if they've done what they need to do and they understand how to leverage and use wealth or their skill set, then yeah, you should you should help you should help contribute to them to help them fulfill whatever mission that they have. Ah, that's good. what I mean by safety. Okay, good. All right, good. Now now we're getting somewhere. So how why you think your kids are gonna be any better at achieving something good for society than somebody else's kids? And almost certainly, like your kids are probably dope. I don't know them. I'm sure they dope. But yep. because reality, they mind. there's so many people out there, man. It's so, there's somebody <laughs> out there that's doper. That's just how it is. <laughs> Yeah, but they mind, though. <laughs> but they mind, though. Ah, that, that's the thing. Right, they mind. Now we're back to Darius. Nepotism is a thing. Right, right. Yeah, now we're back I'm to selfish. Darius. Right. Now we're back to Darius and his kids at the school, man. So I'm trying to understand why you're giving them a hard time. <laughs> oh, no. I was, I, I, was, I was curious. I was curious. But, and this is why. This is why. He was probably surprised at that answer. Very much so. He, yeah. he, no, matter, no matter what happens, he's highly active. So if it's a school scenario, a situation, no matter if it was in the core of the urban city, that school is going to be better. And his kids are going to be better in whatever position that they're in because he's going to ensure that that's going to happen. 100%. So it's not a matter of the school or the teacher. It's the level of investment that he would have to inflict within that space in order to ensure the outcomes are what he's looking for. And so I was just curious funny. when he said it. I was like, what? Because it, it, it sounds it, it sounds foreign for me to stand in the middle, but it yeah. took me it took me weeks to come to the point where I felt like okay, either way this thing goes, I can ensure that they're gonna be okay. But immediately right. after that point, what 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 happened to me was the continual thoughts of how do I make sure that they're all okay? How much am I willing to risk? and to lose to make sure that they're all okay. And I've never had a struggle with that until the bargaining chip became my two offspring. And that's when I realized, like, how 
difficult this really is. It's really easy to sit back and say, I'm all for building bridges. I want to make everybody better. But when you are forced to, to answer the question at what cost, and you must truly consider all costs, it got more difficult. Again, I think the thing I most people, I mean, my house, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity, take it all. Like, I'm okay with, with that because yeah. I can build that back up. But I started to think about the opportunities that my children would lose, would miss, miss opportunities for miseducation, things that I cannot correct potentially. And that became a, a spot of worry that took me weeks to get past. Right. It kept and me I think the big thing up. is potentially, though, right? It's a potential. Right. right. And it could be that they grow in immense ways that are very different than the environment and even that better. They, they're currently in. Yeah. yeah. Could be, so could be. You know, it's but come on, man. Trade. But come yeah. on, could be. Could be. That's true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know. You don't but know you don't that. Know. Like that that's not you, know a, you, don't, you don't have a defined. You don't know. You gotta define, like you don't you don't have a yeah, that 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 that's an unknown, right? Like you you don't you you can't project that. Right. So now let's go take it back to where we were. So now imagine that you have a whole community of folks who have a bunch of stuff. Let's just simplify it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, you, let's say the white community, because the way the system has been structured for historical reasons, they have a lot of resources. Now you got to think about um, millions of individuals in the same situation Darius is. How many of those individuals are going to be like, you know what, it's okay. I'm cool with losing equity in my home. My kids are going to be okay no matter what. Like that's what we're talking about. You see what I'm saying? Like when you when you when you humanize it in that way and now understand the situation, like and Darius is someone who's deeply involved in the community. Now imagine millions of Dariuses who now don't even have a connection, not, not motivated necessarily to do something for that community. And you're trying to take something from them. That's their experience, right? They're gonna lose something. And you're asking those people yep. to not fight. I'm just pointing out, like, understanding the psychology is useful, and that is the that is an easy way to understand it. Yeah, that's when it yeah. crystallized for me how hard this fight is, because there are a lot of people who look at it just that simply. If I give, if I support what the black folks are asking for, I lose. My children lose. My family loses. But here's the thing that's crazy about it. Let me say one more thing about it. They don't lose, right? But this is the hard part. Right, right. But that's their thought. That's their thinking. Yeah. Because when you think about it as an individual, you feel like you're losing. But the reality is if if people did it, the society would be better off, including your kids. It's right. It's not. It's like the way we talk about it. rising tide. It's not zero sum. That's why we talk about it in academics. It's not like right. if I get a little bit more, that means you got to get a little bit less. That's not That's not really what it is. Right. It's, if we lived in a more equitable society, the society would be, there'd be a bigger pie. There'd be more for everybody. Everyone would be better off. Yep. But it's hard to feel that way in the moment when these decisions are being made, right? It's hard yep. to feel that way when you feel like somebody is challenging you directly. And I think when we think about white folks and white privilege, it's easy to get sidetracked into just focusing on like they have more or they're doing this, they're doing that and lose sight of the bigger the bigger issue, which is, in some ways, the system is designed to maintain itself, right? Yes. Yeah. And you, that's what you that have. Way. It's not. It's not like in thinking about just bad individuals. It's not useful. And this is why, even though people, you know, people got mad at me over <laughs> some things I said. Like, I'm not trying to. I, I'm uninterested in making white folks feel bad. 
Like, I don't, I don't, you don't need, nobody needs to feel bad because of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the system is broken. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And understanding the way in which it's broken is important. And then thinking about how do we, when I say we, I mean all of us collectively find ways to engage with that. Like that, that's, that's how I see the goal, right? Like how do we yeah. collectively find a way to engage with it? And even some of it is like for Darius, like I, I'd love to talk to white folks too, because for Darius, that kind of, that kind of struggle he was having, I, I think there are plenty of white folks having that struggle. Like, how do you help them see, like, look, this is going to be good for everybody, including me. How do you how do you get to a point where people feel like we're in it together? For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to D.C. and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Because the reality is, you're not going to, we're not going to browbeat people into like changing the system, right? You know what I mean? You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to, I don't think you're going to guilt people into making the whole thing better. Like we, we really need our people to think of it as like, we're all in this together. Like how do we make it better? Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's, that's, so, that's the so, thing we're trying to get to. Yeah. So, so like my question in that, cause I, I think, I, I think a hundred percent I'm, I'm aligned with you around it being highly designed and architected within the system, right? And it's very difficult, like very difficult for someone to go against the system if they believe that this decision that may rise the tides of everyone and humanity as a whole, but their mindset is like, hey, I know I, it could be, and I think, I think there's a large percentage of this. It's very difficult to be in a system and you know it is architected for your best interest to see that it changes and you be with it. I, I think that's very difficult for someone to do. Me personally. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to the same conversation that we were having, right? Like if, if the benefit is there and I'm, I'm getting that benefit and I know or I believe or I perceive that the benefit is going to change for me and my family, why would I... Why would I go to that other side or try to change? Man, look, like, what would be my motivation? I hear you. It's tough, but and this is, I, by the way, I'm generally a, 
people that know me would not think of me as a sunny dude. I'm just going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not generally the most optimistic dude. I, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, so I, I hear you on that. But I say to say, like, things have changed, right? Like, things aren't the way they were 50 years ago, right? The black folks have jobs True. that they, they would, you know, I have a job that my grandfather couldn't have, it would have been impossible for him to imagine. And my great-great-grandfather would have been probably a slave still. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So things do change. And so the question becomes, how do you participate in in bringing that about? Like, and I'm not someone who thinks that like things are just going to necessarily get better. Like people have to put in work. People have to commit. Um, Now, what to be done, what the answer is, I don't know. But here's what I think is true. The more people who are committed to trying to make it better, the more chances we have of actually improving things. Yeah, yeah. So you sound quite sunny. That's sunny. I know that's what I said. That's what I said. I'm just telling you. you sound normally, quite that, sunny. that might be, that might be the most you get. You got to be careful. Don't ask me too many questions. <laughs> so one, one of the I reasons I, I brought that. up I that, that story was because I, I wanted to kind of take it to, to this question, right? So in that situation, when I saw firsthand the struggle that I had, right? And, and ultimately, I feel like I ended up in the right place. And, and the reason, the only reason I got there is because, one, I'm truly committed to, like, this community. And in order to be committed to this community, I have to be committed to this country in some capacity in order to make it better for the community that exists here. And knowing how committed I am to this community and to this work, yet seeing how tough that was for me when the chips on the line were my children, right? Knowing how tough that was for me, it took me to a place of, and and Art, you and I talk about this all the time, right? We, We don't know that the system will ever be fixed. But I walked away from that experience only after realizing and taking the time to realize that every time that I went to sleep, I felt bad about my inaction, right? Nothing anyone said could change. It was how I felt about myself and my inaction at the end of the day when things are quiet, when I'm laying in my bed, when the only person near me is my wife and she's asleep and I'm alone with my thoughts. How I felt about my inaction is what drove me to get on what I thought was finally the right side, completely, right? Not just standing in the middle. But what that showed me was that to go back to to you, Brian, about not necessarily being sunny is this shit is even harder than I imagined it was because I got a taste of that experience. I got a taste of, of not a promised negative, but a potential negative that stopped me, right? Just the potential of that. I found where my ledge was, right? And so when I began to truly think about that and think about the work that all three of us do in different capacities here, how effective can we be, right? Because I still, even more so, do not believe on any level that we can fix the system that we exist in today and lead to equity and equality for all. I do not believe that those words are, are, are able to be achieved in this current system. And I do not believe that we will fix it. I do not believe that we will change it. And the reason I'm still here doing this is because I have hope that our tomorrows are greater than our todays. So with that, my question then becomes to you, Brian, 
doing this work, hard work, passion work, good work on the academic level, on the research level, implementing, teaching the people who will hopefully be the ones that change it tomorrow, but still not being sunny and understanding what's at risk and how, how hard it is, how much do you believe that the work we're doing can even change anything? So do I think it's going to be better? And is it, why does this work matter given how hard it is? Um, I have two answers to that. One, I think as an individual, like you, you have to engage with the moment you're in, right? Like you look at the world you're in and you make a decision about how you want to be in that world, what you want it to become. And I think regardless of whether or not you think you're going to be able to change it, it's still worth engaging. And so that's, that's one for me, right? So it, in, in some ways, whether or not I think I'm going to, I'm personally going to have an effect on it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that op- optimistic about me changing something or me seeing some huge change as a function of what I or the people like me do in some small amount of time. Like I'm not, no, I don't really see that. But do I think the world can change? Of course it can. But I think it can change in both directions, right? And so that's why I said, I hope that there are people who um, agree with me in terms of what the necessary direction of change is. I don't necessarily that I think the people agree with me in terms of the desired direction of change, right? That they want to see a world where everybody gets to thrive, regardless of their race or ethnicity, right? That that's the world that people want to live in. And then there are enough people trying to push in that direction, smart people, energetic people, that we have some effect on the world. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. You know what I mean? Like, this, it's not, I don't, I don't minimize the challenge um, that we face. Um, and again, I tend not to be optimistic in the short term, but the world does change, you know? So, uh, you know, who knows what it'll be. Yeah. Fellas, this has been a, a hell of a conversation. There are so many things that I, I wanted to talk to that we didn't get to, but I knew coming in <laughs> what kind of conversation this was going to be. So, Brian, brother, I, I thank you significantly for making time, for sharing space, and for just coming in with all this information. Um, I'm better for it. Art, I'm sure you're better for it. And I'm sure our listeners will be as well. At the end of every episode, we do one thing specifically. We hand the microphone over to our guest to do two things. One, share your contact information so that our listeners can engage with you in whatever capacity or platforms you would have them to do so. But two, and, and equally important, share with them any last words, anything that, are, that is super important for them to understand, anything that you wanted to get to today that we did not. This is your show, your flow, and it's all about you here. So, brother, with that, I'm going to be quiet. Tell Wild Black what it is that you need to tell them. Yeah, man. I, first of all, I appreciate the space. Um, I appreciate what you brothers are doing. It's, it's great to have this opportunity to talk about these issues and the issues that you all bring to the fore. It's uh, really important. So thank you for that work. Um, for me, you know, if you want people, I'd like people to check me out. Um, know what you see, K-N-O-W, know what you see.com. Um, Podcast, check out the podcast. I talked oh, we didn't to. even get to the podcast. <laughs> Damn it, all these things. Yeah. No worries, man. So, you know, my podcast is about, uh, you know, all kinds of topics. Um, you know, the past season was about the changing nature of work, how we think about work. Um, thinking about 
coming season. We're still working on it, so I'm not going. I'm not going to tease yet. Cause I'm not even sure what the what it's going to be about. <laughs> but um, check out the, the the first season was on race and power, so people might be interested to check that out. Check out the podcast. I got a book. Um, you can pre-order it now. It's called Selfless: The Social Construction of You. Um, so you can check that out. So if you look up, look that up, Selfless, The Social Construction of You and my last name, you'll find it. Um, that book is going to publish though in March. You can pre-order it now, but it will, will drop in March, late March. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to D.C. and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Um, yeah, man, in terms of what I want people to know, I think, as you pointed out, we face significant challenges in terms of living in a just society, that the society we live in right now is flawed in, in significant ways, I think. And that um, everyone can contribute to trying to make it a better place. So I hope that people feel that, that I understand that we're all out here living our lives, you know, trying to take care of ourselves and the people we love. But, you know, trying to find space for some of the issues that, that, you know, affect other people's lives is, I think, an important part of, of being fully human. So I hope people take the time to really think about that when they can. You know, and just like the examples, you know, art and dares you two brought up. I mean, yeah, you want to take care of the people you love, but there's space to be found for for others as well. That's real. That's real. Art brother, you got anything? Man, I, I appreciate the time, the effort, the energy, the work that you do, the research, the study, the book. I mean, you 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 putting in the real efforts that you know change the thought process. And I think you know the last thing that you said about. The direction of change, I haven't heard it like that before. I really like the thought process around, you know, having hope that the the little pieces of what you do or what we do has an impact on the direction being the direction that we want it to be versus the alternative, which could be highly negative for us. So I really, really like and appreciate the thought process and the work, man. So thank you. Yeah, listeners, I'll close the loop for you on, on my story. 
after going through my, my journey and my back and forth trying to figure out what was right, I realized it wasn't even me trying to figure out what was right. I already knew what was right. I didn't want to do it because of what I could potentially lose. And what I gained in that is a more clear understanding of how significant the opposition to our finding true equality here is like. Because I got a chance to experience it on a large or small scale, however you may see that. And honest to goodness, it scared me because I hadn't felt that before. And what I walked away from that with was this belief that if tomorrow is better than today and if tomorrow can be changed, it takes tapping into a power that allows you to put community over self. And that's really, really hard to do. It's very easy to say, but I found it was really, really hard to do, to truly put community over self. Can you lose potentially? Can you give of yourself and the things that you value the very most in this world for a better world tomorrow that can then in turn potentially lift your descendants, your legacy further than you could individually? Now, ultimately, my neighborhood did not get redistricted or rezoned. The voices of the people in and around my community where I live were too powerful. My voice didn't matter compared to their voices combined. I shouldn't even say my voice didn't matter because it did. My voice wasn't louder with more significance and more weight than those who were around me collectively. And I really, really struggled with that. It, it changed the way I looked at my community because I was forced to see a reality inside of them that I did not believe in, I did not support. Um, I truly do want the best for this community. And that has to mean I want the best for our holistic community because we are a part of that. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you at the end of this episode is find a way to get to the information that you need to put self on a lower rung than community. Find a way to make sure that you are supporting your community, the black community, the brown community, in a capacity that allows that community to grow further and faster than you and I can imagine today. Because without that, we'll never get to that tomorrow. That's what I walked away from those moments of my, by myself at night in the bed, disappointed in my inability. That's where that led me. I feel like I'm starting to preach, so I'm going to shut this thing up. Wild Black, let's be better. Peace. We out. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.